0: my ears are open and I better not go to sleep I'll never be the same in Jesus name amen let's pray together father thank you for your word it's always a lamp unto our feet it's always a light unto our path. thank you for your spirit who's always here to minister to our hearts what you're trying to say Holy Spirit, thank you for translating and interpreting the things that God wants us to hear. And I step back so you can use me to speak to his people. And and Lord, I thank you for this word coming. That it won't just be a Logos word. It'll be a Rhema word. It'll be a today word. And then I declare in Jesus' name, it's going to be a prophetic word for many who are watching. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as a result of your word and it's in jesus mighty name everybody say amen 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 amen. god bless you you may be seated i'm starting a new series today entitled transitions everybody say transitions and the subtitle of the series is discovering and discerning your next season by sowing seeds i'm gonna say that again Discovering and discerning your next season by sowing seeds because your season will not change without a seed going in the ground. And I believe through this series you will receive encouragement and strength for your current season because some of you all are going through some change. But I also believe that this will also provide revelation, inspiration, and confirmation for your new season because there's a new season coming. And if you'll get in position, your life will change for the better. So today, if you're taking notes, if you have your notes in hand, and if you're watching, the notes are available on Version. The title for today's message is Discovering and Discerning God's Direction by Sowing Seeds of Obedience. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the definition of transition because that's what we're talking about. And then we're going to jump right into the message. And the message is not going to last long. I'm going to actually change formats and the message will come in a different creative way. So the word transition, when I looked it up in the dictionary, it means movement. Everybody say movement. It means movement. So anytime movement is taking place in your life, that means transition is happening. It means movement, but it also means a change. Listen, church, from one position to another position. So if your position is changing, that means transition is taking place. So when you see the change happening, don't fight it. Because sometimes it's God and we don't know it. And God does not need our permission to transition us. It means a change from one position to another. It means a change from one stage or state to another. It also means a change, watch this now, in subject, from one subject to another. Some of you are who are watching who are students. You're wrestling with what you need to major in. And the reason you're wrestling is because God's trying to get you to transition from one field to another field. So, here's point number one as you're taking notes this morning. Transitions are assigned by God... And agreed to by us. I'm going to say that again. Transitions. Everybody say transitions. Transitions are assigned by God. And agreed to by us. And so what I'm about to do is read a very familiar passage of scripture. But what I'm going to show you in this scripture. Is that God was talking about transition. Because remember now. Transition means to change from one thing to another thing. And so this verse highlights now transition. It says in Isaiah forty I'm reading out the King James Version. This was God talking. He says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, when you look at that word new, it means this, something fresh. I mean, don't you like fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh fish? He says, I want to do something fresh. And that word new also means something that did not previously exist. He says, listen, I am going to do something. It is going to be new. It is going to be fresh. It is going to be something that did not previously exist. And then this is when he said he was going to do it. Now. He says, now it's going to happen. It's going to spring forth. And then he says something interesting. He says, will you not know it? And then he says this. He says, I'm going to even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is saying, listen, when I begin to transition you, he said, even if it looks dry. I'm going to create a river in the middle of it. Even if it looks like you're in the wilderness and you don't know where you're going. He says, you won't need you won't need a navigation. I'll be that for you. And I want you to notice in that verse. That God starts out by saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to do something new. He says, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do something fresh. And he says, I'm going to do it right now. But I want you to notice something about what he said here. He said here, notice, he didn't ask anyone for their permission. Because sometimes we feel that God needs to check in with us. When he decides to do something. Notice he didn't ask anyone's opinion about it. Hey, tell me what you think about this, Evan. Tell me what you think. No, he didn't ask for nobody's opinion, and he did not survey anybody, listen, to determine when should he do it. He decided he was going to do it now. He didn't ask anybody. He didn't survey anybody because he's the one that determines the time frame. And he decided that something was going to be new, something was going to be fresh. And because transition church, listen, because transitions and changes are signed by God, it must be accepted by us. And here's the problem many people, they delay, I believe, not only God's new thing in their life, they delay, or some in some cases, they just altogether just miss God's purpose for their life in that time frame because they are so comfortable in their current season you can never get so comfortable in what god is wanting uh, in what you're doing that you can't move from what god is doing and this is why every new transition that god orchestrates listen it requires our seed of obedience you know mary the mother of jesus she had to agree she had to accept and she had to obey the message that the angel gave her about conceiving Jesus. And had she not agreed to what the angel's message was, the birth of Jesus would have never taken place. Not in that way. Pastor Evan I'm speaking third person now, Pastor Evan. Me, in 1992, I had to say yes. When God came to me and made it clear to me that he wanted me to be a pastor. We're talking about when I was 27. I didn't start till I was 40. You say, well, pastor, what took so long? I told you up front that transitions are assigned by God and accepted by us. And just like in that in Isaiah, he said he wanted to do it now. It was not my job to determine when he was trying to do it. It was my job to accept the assignment. And you and I, we must be willing to say yes. Listen, church, even if we don't have all the details. And this is where trust in God comes from now. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, they're going to put it on the screen. It says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart, church? All of your heart. And then the New Living Translation says, do not depend on your own understanding. Here's the problem. The problem is this. Even if you trust God with the majority of your heart, let's say you trust in God with 90% of your heart. Here's the problem. When God's trying to get you to do something... If you're not trusting with all of your heart, you're going to process what he's trying to do in that 10%. And you know what you're going to do in that 10%? You're going to lean to your own understanding and you're going to delay what God's trying to do or in some cases deny what God is trying to do. Why? Because you are leaning to 10% of your own understanding. He wants to do something and if you don't completely understand the process, You won't flow with God. And let me just say this, your trust, everybody say my trust, your trust determines your choices. See, this is why you have to trust in the Lord with all your heart, because sometimes when God leads you in a place and you don't understand, sometimes you just got to get in the limo and just let him drive and then drop you off. Stop asking all these questions. Where are we going? Uh, where are we going? How are we going to get there? How long is the trip? How many miles is it? How many stops are we going to make? That's
1: not... That
0: is not your job to know all of that. Your trust determines your choices. Your choices determines your transitions. Your transition determines your next season. And your next season pushes you into your destiny. I'm going to say that again. I said, your trust determines your choices. Your choices determine your transitions. Your transition determines your next season. And your next season pushes you into your destiny. And here's the problem. Most of us, we want facts. But see, here's the thing. Facts require details. Everybody say, facts require details. Facts require details when faith requires a decision. I'm going to say that again. Facts require details, but faith requires a decision. And that decision when we're walking by faith is, listen, to obey God. So before we move to our next point of how important our obedience is for transitions, there is one major thing we got to do. Because it's important for us to have our obedience intact. He said he wanted to do a new thing. And I'm prophetically saying to you, church, God is wanting to do some new things in your life, in your family, in your career, in your business, in your mind, in your heart, in your relationships. He wants to transition you from where you are to a better place. But there's one thing we got to do. Touch your neighbor. Say, that's just one thing, one thing, one thing. Isaiah 43, 19. So here's what I'm going to do, because I want you to see this thing. I'm going to reread that's right reread I'm about to reread 43:19 because it tells us what he wants us to do or what he's going to do but then I'm going to read verse 18 after I read 19 because verse 19 tells us what God wants to do verse 18 tells us what he wants us to do Verse 19 says, Behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So here's my question. What does God want us to do in order to walk in this new thing? What transition is he wanting to do? Well, look in verse 18. He says, I want you, church, to remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. In other words, you know what he's saying? He's saying if you stay stuck in yesterday, you won't be able to see what I'm trying to do today. And that's the problem. Listen to now to the New Living Translation. It says, but forget all of that. Somebody that's black wrote the New Living Translation. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. I love the message translation. It says forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. See, you can't let your ex go until you know that God has a new one for you. See, you know why you can't, I'm talking to somebody right now, I'm talking to somebody, maybe they in here, maybe they online. The reason why you keep driving that raggedy hoopty, ah, it's paper, pastor. You know why you can't get a new car? Because you don't want a new car, no. But see, what you done forgot, the same Jehovah Jireh that paid off the car you got is the same Jehovah Jireh that can pay the new car off. Maybe if you got in faith, maybe God's got somebody to give you a car. But because you leaning to your own understanding, God can't even give you a new car. Church, the only way that you and I will be able to transition to our new season is that we must forget about our old season. So here's the question. What was God asking this group of people to forget about? And stop going over history about. What was it? Well let's go back up some more. Remember now when you read the Bible. You can read the verse. But a lot of times you need to go back and read the context. So now let's move up to Isaiah 43. We're going to start in verse 15. This is in the New King James Version. It says I'm the Lord your Holy One. I'm the Creator of Israel. I'm your King. Thus says the Lord. Who makes a way in the sea. And a path through the mighty waters. Let me just give you a heads up. This is a reference to when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He opened up the Red Sea. He dried the ground and he let them walk through it. So that's his reference. So verse 17 says this. Who brings forth the chariots and horse, the army and the power. They they shall lie down together. They shall not arise. They shall be extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. God is saying, listen... And then he goes into verse 18. Don't remember the former things. You know what he was saying? God was saying to them, forget the old enemies that you had. Forget the old miracles that I did. Forget about the good old days. Because that's some of our problems. It's the good old days. But the problem with the good old days is that it's good and it's old. You can't, listen church, you can't mix old with new because Jesus said in the New Testament, if you try to put old new wine in old wine skins, it'll burst. And so I'm saying to you, you can't do old and new at the same time. God can't do a new thing with your old mindset. He was saying, forget about your old enemies. Forget about your old, the old miracles I did. Watch this. Forget about the good old days because, listen, if you camp out where I was, you will never move to where I'm going. See, church, listen, when you obey God, you got to follow the the cloud. And the problem with a lot of people is God starts moving. The cloud starts moving. But they decide because they're so comfortable in life or they can't see what God is doing. They try to stay where they are. And the problem is when they need rain from the cloud, it doesn't rain because they didn't follow it. Listen, church, I want to be. Where God is, not where God was. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. I want to be where God is and not where he was. And that's the problem. I know he gave you instructions to where you are now. But my question is, is he trying to move you? And here lies the problem. You will never let go of what you have right now. Until you are convinced that God has something better. Say amen to that. And transition is coming. Everybody say transition is coming. Come on, those of you who are watching me online, transition is coming. But in order to reach that fresh place, that new place, you and I must embrace the principle that transitions are assigned by God and agreed to by us. Everybody, let's say this together. Say transitions are assigned by God and agreed to by me. Which brings me to my second point, and that is God has the right, listen now church, God has the right to speak to others about us before he discusses it with us. I'm going to say that again. God has the right to speak to others about us before he discusses it with us. The audacity of God. You mean to tell me he going to talk to other people about me before he talked to me? Yeah. So I'm going to give you two examples in the Bible. And this story that we're about to read is about God delivering the children of Israel from Egypt, the bondage of slavery. And so the whole story can be found in Exodus chapter 2 verse 23 and then chapter 3 through 11. But I'm not going to read all that. I'm going to start here in verse 23. It says, now it happened in the process of time. That the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out and they their cry came up to God. And when the cry came up to God because of their bondage, the, vi- the Bible says in verse 24, God heard. Everybody say God heard. God heard. God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and he acknowledged them. So let me just show you what was happening they were in some trouble they were in slavery they were in bondage and they started crying to who they started crying to god so who were the children of israel crying out to he they were crying out to god exodus chapter 3 verse 1 now now moses was tending the flock of jethro his father-in-law minding his own business that was pastor evan's excerpt and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and the angel appeared to him in a flame of fire so he looked and behold the bush was burning With fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight. Why is this bush burning, but not burning up? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush. He said, Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. He says, hey, don't draw close to this place. Take off your sandals, man. This is a place. It is holy ground. And verse 6 says, moreover, he said, I'm the, the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look uh, look upon God. We're jumping down down to verse 9. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the, this is God talking, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with the Egyptians oppressing them. Verse 10. Come now, therefore, Moses, and I'm going to send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people and the children of Israel out of Egypt. Do you see the point that I'm trying to make? Listen, the children of Israel was crying out to God and God's talking to Moses. They are crying out to God, God help us, God save us, God deliver us, and God's talking to Moses. Let's look at one more example. I'm almost finished. Acts chapter 9, look in verse 3. Now this story is about Saul. And it says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined right about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, well, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom you persecute. Listen to what Jesus said. It is hard for you, Saul, to kick against the pricks. Now, I want to keep going, but I'm not. Before I say this, some of you are kicking against the pricks. said, what does that mean, pastor? What does that mean? That means that God is trying to get you to do one thing and you're just resisting him. And most of the time, we're resisting some change because we're fearful or we're comfortable. Or in some cases, both. And God's trying to get you to move. He's trying to move. He's trying to get some of you all to change industries. You have maxed out. You're at the ceiling. And he says, but your next level is in a whole nother place. So in this situation here, it says, you kick it against the pricks. And the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Maybe it's been hard. It's so hard to say goodbye to AT&T. Just put your job in there. No, no. You know why it's hard sometimes? Now, now, some things will be hard, especially at the beginning, because you are you know, you're chopping the ground up. But if you see consistent, I'm talking about seasons of hardness, you're kicking against the pricks. Because the way of the transgressor is hard. What does that mean? That means if I'm, if, if it's hard, and I'm saying consistent hard, that means you need to go back and evaluate and say, okay, God, am I doing what you want me to do? Am I at the place you want me to be? And so it says here, verse 6, and he saw trembled. And astonished and said, Lord, listen to this. Read it with me, church. What will you have me to do? Wow. That's one of the best questions you can ask. But I want you to see, because my point is this. God has the right to talk to other people before he talks to us. So who is Saul talking to right now? He's talking to Jesus. Remember, him and Jesus is having this conversation. He says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I'm the Lord. And he says, you kicking against the bricks. So who is Saul talking to, church? He's talking to Jesus. So then he asked Jesus a question. What was the question? Let's read it again. Lord, what would you have me to up? So let's see what Jesus said to the man. And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city. And it shall be told you what you must do. I had a problem with that initially. I'm like, Jesus, you're talking to the man. Why don't you just tell him? We're having a one-on-one conversation. That's like you coming up to me saying, hey, Pastor Evans, when's your birthday? And I say, go ask heaven. She'll tell you. That don't make sense. Right? Why would Jesus do that? Well, if you keep reading the story, Acts chapter 9, verse 10 through 17, you'll read that God spoke to a whole nother man named Ananias and told Ananias what the purpose and the plan that God had for Saul's life, who was going to turn Paul. He told Ananias, this man is called and I'm going to use him to speak and save the lives of the Gentiles. And you have to understand, before now, wasn't nobody hardly talking to the Gentiles. Which now brings me to my third and final point. God has the right to speak to others. Well, I want you to say this with me. Say, God has the right to speak to others before he discusses it with me. So, point number three, if you're taking notes, and let me just say this this is why when God is trying to, to transition us, he's talking to somebody else in some cases about us. Can he do that? Yeah, he can. Because see, when God wants to do a new thing, he don't need our permission. And this is why if you don't say yes, God will find your replacement. I'm going to say that again. If you don't say yes, oh, you think the world evolves around you? Oh, you think that you're the only anointed one that God calls? Let me tell you something. If you don't do, if you don't say yes, or if you don't do what God wants you to do, he's not going to hold the whole world up in his hand on you. He's just going to go find your replacement and whatever that replacement, whoever it is, is going to have the blessings you should have got. Look at your neighbor and say, you better obey God. And let me just say this, church. Listen, and, and, and let me say, how many have seen the movie Telegega Nights? Anybody seen that with Ricky Bobby? Y'all ain't, that's all, that's all. Okay, well, I, I won't do the quote then. I won't do the quote because <laughs> y'all won't get it. Y'all won't get it. So let's go to point number three. Here's point number three. God will always confirm your next spiritual move with a God-ordained spiritual leader. I'm going to say that again. God will always, say always, God will always confirm your next spiritual move with a God-ordained spiritual leader. And that's a problem with a lot of people who end up shipwrecked in their faith because God ain't said it. They said, well, God said it to me. Well, not only, if God's going to say something that's very important in your life, don't you think God has enough sense and protocol to confirm what you're trying to do? I mean, listen, he confirmed And told John the Baptist about what Jesus was coming to do. He says, listen, there's going to be somebody whose shoes you're not even worthy to unlatch. And that's going to be the son of God. And when the the dove that's been coming down, because apparently the dove was coming down when he was baptizing people. Right. But he said, when you baptize this person, the dove's going to come down, but it's going to stay down on this person. And when you see that, that's going to be the son of God. God confirmed the call of his own son with a natural man in the earth. And you think God's calling you to do all this big stuff. Up and you ain't listen, got no confirmation from nobody, and I'm not talking about a confirmation from an internet prophet. They don't know you. You still I've called to the ministry and you smoking weed. I'm talking to somebody right now. How you gonna be called and you smoking weed? You better unsmoke and then get called. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen, one of the reasons I believe God does this this way. In other words, he confirms our next spiritual move by an ordained spiritual leader. It's because I believe we would be proudful if only God spoke to us. I, I, I ain't listening to you. God, don't, God only talks to me. And see, this process that I'm telling you, it keeps us interdependent and not independent. See, the highest spiritual maturity is not being able to walk in independence. It's being able to be interdependent because the Bible says we're all members of the body and we are connected one with another. So your independent spirit doesn't show your maturity. It actually shows your insecurity. Second Corinthians 13:1 says this. This is the third time I'm coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. So here's what's about to happen. I'm going to stop teaching using this type of format. And we're going to change formats. Here is why. Because the story I'm about to tell you has every one of these three biblical points that I just pointed out in Scripture. So if you all would, would you give Pastor Che... And Samantha, a big hand clap as they join me on the stage today. All right. So as they come, can y'all come move this for me? Dre, can you come move this for me? He's going to, here, somebody grab this and then he's going to move the table. All right. Y'all look so, uh-oh, my bad. Y'all look so nice today. Yes, yeah, so good morning.
1: Good morning. Good
0: oh, morning. oh, y'all going to share a mic? Okay, y'all yeah, can do that. Share good. Well, good. Well, yes, yeah, you yeah, she would mind her own. Mic. All right, so I'm about to tell you all We're a story. we Huh?
1: We're interdependent.
0: Interdependent. I yeah. get that. I get that. So I'm about to tell y'all a story that you didn't know. And a lot of times, y'all don't see the backside of something. So today, I'm going to share the backside of something so you can see what's happening right now. So 12 years ago, God spoke to me and said, Evan, Che is going to come and work for Word of Truth Family Church. You, uh, I remember that. You remember that? Yep. And so uh, when he told me, he said, no, but don't tell him because I'm going to tell it, Because that's a big move to go from Jamaica to here. So I was like, fine. So I don't know how long it took, how much time went by. Do you remember how much
1: time? Yeah, went? it was, um, well, I don't know when God when? spoke to you. Okay. But I remember one day, um, it was 2008, and I was flying into Jamaica from Canada. And um, as I was coming in, the Lord spoke to me and said, he, he gave me a visual of a plant in this pot. And... Um, and said to me, you're that plant, and this place is too small for you. You need to be transplanted. And so I was like, oh, my God. What does that mean? Lord. So I started to pray about it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, started, I, I, I spoke to Samantha. I, had
2: something. Yeah, go ahead. I think while he was away, I was speaking to someone. And they said, you're not going to be here for much longer, basically. Wow. Wow. And I was like, what? Wow. Yeah, when and, he was away. And so we started praying about that. And,
1: um, and I just felt like, okay, trend, well, transition, transition was coming Mm -hmm. and I needed to start to prepare my heart for transition.
0: Absolutely. And so that happened. They moved here, but this wasn't their first move. This was actually their second transition. And we'll talk maybe later about the details in that, uh, just to keep it concise this morning for where I'm trying to go. And so they get here, Sam's pregnant with cyan who's on the front row so they get here and 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 one of the one of the things that i have said to pastor che the whole time and he wouldn't know this uh when he first came i said hey listen che i said hey man if i ever feel that god wants to plant you or send you somewhere i said man i'm gonna kick you out i'm just telling you (laughs) now when i say kick out i don't mean like kick him out, I mean, I'm going to support whatever he was doing, because, listen, at the end of the day, as the senior pastor of our church, it is, I am going to account to God for how I steward the giftings and callings that he has put on the people's lives that's under me. Amen. So, anyway.
1: And, yeah. and and one, and you know, one of the things I said to Pastor Evan as well, was that God sent me here, mm-hmm. and so I'm not leaving here unless you bless me. Wow.
0: What a heart. Right? Now, what was your mindset, too, based on how your previous first move went? What was your mind at anyway, you know, as far as doing something else?
1: Ah, no way. (laughs) No
0: way. So time is going by. And every now and then I say, hey, man, if God, ever, I feel there, God telling you to do something. So two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago now. He came to me, set up a meeting, and he came, and he's excited. You That's want to right. tell me about that meeting?
1: So um, I, I started to feel a stirring in my heart mm-hmm. two years ago, like God was calling me back into senior pastorship. I was like, oh, my God, what? What is this? So I, I went to my wife, who always says no, <laughs> always, no, <like> always <laughs> says no. Um, <laughs> who just says, you know, who over the years have just said, hey, by the way, if you're ever thinking of going that direction, just, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the Lord. I don't think that's. A... So I go back to her. It, w- it wasn't that bad. Okay. Well, a couple of times. So I went back to her. And I said, hey, babe, this thing is stirring in my heart. And she said,
2: I felt a peace. Wow. You know, I um, I don't know. I just didn't feel uh, an anxiety. I didn't feel like. You know i just felt like you know what this feels like the the next season Mm -hmm. you know so i i was excited for him um you know i always knew that god had a call in his life Mm -hmm. you know i went into the marriage with that thought and understanding so you know from how he has been so consistent i knew that if he felt okay this is what God was doing. And, of course, my own relationship with God. Mm. You know, God giving me that peace. I just felt like it was a confirmation that we were both at peace with this. Yes.
1: And from that, I, um, I was praying. I said, okay, I'm going to talk to Pastor Eben about this. Because the one thing I was going to do was I'm not leaving unless you ble- Exactly. So, for me, I said, all right, I, I need to. But I need to go to him with scripture. Because you cannot go. Come on now. He already know. You can't go to pastor without word. So I'm like, God, give me a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. And, and the Lord gave me a scripture. And the scripture was um, out of uh, Joshua when Caleb uh, said to Joshua, I've been with you all this time. Now it's time to give me the hill that Moses had promised me. Give me the mountain that Moses had promised me. And so I went to him. And, and, and of course, when I got that word, I'm like, okay, let me find a hill around here. Because if he's going to plant me, it's got to be on a hill now. And 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 the only hill I could find was Cedar Hill. hill, (laughs) Which isn't much of a hill. All right. So anyway, I I went to Pastor Emmett and I, I gave him that word. I said, hey, you know, you're my Joshua in this situation. I've been with you all this time. Give me the hill country that the Lord has promised me. And so what he didn't know is a little
0: over a month, God had put in my heart to elevate him here. He was moving from just a regular executive pastor, which, by the way, that's really at the top of, of our church structure uh, on a, on a, on a staff level. But he was an executive pastor, but God had put it on my heart to elevate him. He didn't know it. I hadn't talked to him about it. I had been praying about it the whole time. And in this elevation, he was not only going to be moved up economically. Y'all know what that means. That means a raise. <laughs> But also he was going to now be the, that's why his title is the lead executive pastor. So now he was going to oversee all of the ministry side of things and then help lead the staff. So staff meetings and all that, Pastor Chade leads that stuff, right? But he didn't know. So we're meeting and he's excited and I don't want to put his, you know, his fire out. Like, so, so, you know what I did? I said, Hey, you know what? Let's both pray about it. Tell Sam to start praying about it. And then let's get back together. So I started praying about it. And the Lord's like, why are you praying about that? I said, because I told him I would pray about it. He said, but you didn't tell him what's in your heart. I said, okay. So I called another meeting. It was probably like, what, a week, A week, a week a week a week later. And I called him and I said, hey, man, listen, I want to apologize because when I met, when we met, I didn't tell you what was going on with, with me. So I explained to him his new role. I pointed out everything. And at the time, they were getting ready to go on vacation. That's right. And I said, listen, you don't need to give me an answer right now. I want you to go home, talk to your wife, talk to Sam about it. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, he's got a good friend named uh, Pastor Rowan. In fact, Pastor Rowan was here preaching, I don't know, about a month ago. Uh, do we have a picture of Pastor Rowan? Him and his wife. I yeah. think they, they were There's singing. Some... Oh, there it is. Yeah. So uh, that's one of his good friends. We're all friends, but he's a better friend than Pastor Che. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's a good friend with me, too. But anyway, so I said, hey, talk to Rowan about it, too, because I trust Rowan's wisdom. I said, talk to him about it, and then come back to me after you prayed about it, and you and Sam have talked about it.
1: And and what I didn't know was that Samantha had surprised me because I was going on a cruise. Going on a cruise, I remember that. For my vacation, Mm -hmm. and she had already arranged for Rowan and Charmaine to be on the cruise with me. I didn't know that. He didn't know. So here it is.
0: I'm asking him to run this by some of their good friends. And his wife had already made arrangements for those friends to be on vacation with them. So they had a chance to talk. So long story short, as he got, when they got back, he came back. And pretty much, how did that go?
1: Yeah, it went really well. And, and Pastor Ron encouraged me, said, hey, man, what, what Pastor Evan is, is offering you is wonderful. I would take that to the heartbeat. And, you know, we talked through it and even talked about some of the burdens you were carrying and the things I could take on for myself mm-hmm. and the thing, how I could how I could lift your hands better yeah. and how I could make um, your job easier. And, and we walked through a, a whole thing. I came back and said, hey, Pastor, here's what I think I could do. And that was... Can I, can I tell a little secret on you? Sure. That was, that was one of first... One of few times. I've seen Pastor Eben tear up a few times. That was one of the few times when I sat down and met with him and said, here's what I am willing to do. And I started listing some things. And he started to tear up. He said, I feel a weight fall off my shoulders. Yes.
0: So let's fast forward to March of this year. Now, let me give you the background. I give my pastoral staff what I call ministry time. So if they get a chance to go to another church and preach or do something with another church that's involved ministry, well, our vision is to know Christ and what? Make yeah. him known. So one of the things that I, I don't charge that on vacation time or PTO time for them. And so, uh, you know, and that happens in the case probably more so with Pastor Che because he, he goes out. He knows more people and more people know him. So anyway, uh, he had went uh, on and preached somewhere or ministered somewhere the week before. And so he called me up and he said, hey, Pastor, uh, uh, I hate to do this. But I need some more ministerial time off. I know I was just off last week. Now you have to understand that when he would come to me about being off and going to go do, I don't. He didn't give me details because I don't care. It's his life. It's been. I don't say, hey, where you going? Who you preach for? I don't do all that. And so, but this particular time, for whatever reason, he decides to give me details.
1: Why did you do that? Because it was so close. I just went off, and so I needed to justify why I needed some more time off so close. That make sense, right? It was was a case where I, I don't go back to back to back. So when this happened, and I was like, okay, so here's a story. I was at a conference in January, and Pastor Rowan called me and said, hey, I... Um, I want to speak with you and another friend of ours, Pastor Conway. And it was Pastor Conway's conference. And I want to speak with both of you because I'm really, this burden, for the last three, four years, he's been feeling a burden about the Lord calling him to help other churches and other pastors. And he's just been, been trying to figure out how does he actually get a pastor to come in and stand in his place at his church. And so he said, would you and Conway meet with me and pray with me about this? I want to come and see you. Well, as they were, as we were trying to arrange a time, the time didn't get arranged until right after I had gone on some ministry time. And now I'm like, I can't just take off time whenever I want. I mean, like, I just went on. T-. Let me call Pastor Eben. Uh-huh. And let me ask him, but let me explain to him the situation that Rowan is in.
0: So when he explained to me, he says, hey, Rowan's coming to town. He wants to, you know, spend some time with me and with uh, Pastor Conway. And he's like, because, you know, for the last three years or so, he just feels like he's not supposed to pastor no more. I said, OK. I said, well, you, you, you tell Pastor Rowan that I'm going to give him some advice he didn't ask me for. He said, OK. I said, you tell Pastor Rowan that you're the person that's supposed to take over his church. And then I said, as a matter of fact, you tell him that not only are you the person that's supposed to take over his church, I will financially support and help you do that. So what was your response?
1: Um, silence. <laughs> Were you ready for I that? I said, what? <laughs> I said, are you, cr- I, I said, what? Say that again. <laughs> I, did. I thought I didn't hear right. I said, "Yo, you didn't say that. Then I said, stay right here. I'm going to get him on the phone. So I three way, so the three way starts happening. So Pastor Rowan gets excited because Pastor Rowan then said, man, I just spoke to our board at our church. And when I told them this is what God was doing in my life, they not only affirmed it, but they said to me, is Pastor Che available? Can he lead the church? They said it just like this.
0: If there's anybody that can take over our church, it's Pastor Che. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be what? So uh, can I just, in the middle of this, have us to stand up and congratulate Pastor Che? Because he is the new pastor, senior pastor of... Life Church in California. Okay, y'all sit down. So listen. I said, I said, when we got off the phone, I said, okay, go talk to, to Sam about that. I said, and then I'll call you back maybe in a day or so. So when I called Pastor Che back, this is how the conversation went. I said, So hey, uh, how did it go? What what did Sam say? Now Sam in the in the back in the day would just be the grounder of the family. She needed what I was talking about earlier facts. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, Sam's fine. She's okay. Now I'm gonna pause this and i'm going to ask sam now to walk us through a devotion that took place during this time frame can you do that yes
2: did i share phone okay so um, while he was on this conversation that they are talking about he has a phone on speaker cuz i i i see his face i hear what he's saying and i'm like oh my gosh so i mean i'm totally like flabbergasted but as 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 i hear the conversation i mean I wasn't anxious. I wasn't nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Because this, this is, I mean, totally blindsided. Did not expect this at all. I mean, we're just calling to get time off. What is going on here? You know? (laughs) Um, Exactly. And so, I mean, the conversation, you know, after we got, he got off the phone and and here and I were talking and I'm like, babe, you know, I feel like this is your next step. I feel like you know God wants to move you into into this next season. I, I I feel like you know God has put so much in you, and I feel like you know like He wants to continue using you um, to bless the body. And so um, so he you know he's he's wrestling, and you know he had spoken to to Pastor Evan even after that, and I guess he'll explain that conversation. But um. So the the day comes now and he's meeting with Pastor Ron and Pastor Conway and they're at this retreat center and I'm doing my devotions. And as God would have it, I was in the book of Acts and I was reading Acts chapter 8.26 and it's talking about, um, I think, Philip and it says that he had been, um, I think, in, in Samaria and God had said, okay, I want you to leave here and I want you to go on this desert road. So I'm reading that, and it's the New Living Translation, written by a black man. And, um, <laughs> and I'm reading the, um, the, the study version, the study Bible, and I decided to read what it said. And it said that Philip had been in Samaria, and he was very successful, but he had to obey God and leave and go somewhere else. And although he may have been going somewhere where it was the desert, that God wanted him to be obedient and that he was going to basically bless him. And for those of you who who, you wouldn't know, but the church is in an area called the high desert. The church they're going to. Where where we're going to is called, the area is called the high desert. It's the desert. Tumbleweeds, cactus.
1: And it's in the mountains.
0: (laughs) And it is in the mountains. So, so do you see what God is doing? And see, I knew I could never, let me just say this. It is so uh, comforting to a pastor to find someone who is what I would call a lifer that's someone you know who is they're they're, they're all in and they're gonna be all in for the rest of their life kind of all in and he was all in but I knew that he was all in with with how he trusted me but I just knew the bigger call on his life was beyond here and and then you know I've had some friends to say, you are crazy, man. Why would you let somebody like that go? Well, first of all, every, if you look at it like that, you're looking at it wrong. Because the whole the whole, the whole, subject of today's message is discovering and discerning God's direction for your life by sowing seeds of obedience. You have to understand the way I see this, I'm sowing him as a seed. We're sowing him as a seed. Because I know there's a bigger harvest coming for Word of Truth Family Church. If I'm going to expect a bigger harvest, i got to plant a big seed. You can't get a big old harvest if you put one seed in the ground. So I have some people say, man, you crazy. But see, what they don't understand is my potential is not in what I've already done. My potential is about a seed that I'm about to plant. And I have love for him. And his family, of course, because of our relationship. And uh, I knew that this was his season. I knew this was something God was... And this is why some of the principles is God didn't... Listen, the timing is not the best for me. I, I mean, I would love, love for him to stay forever. And it's funny because when we start talking about the time frame, Pastor Rowan... Was like, I say, so pastor, when do you, you know, cause y'all don't know this, but I've been flying to California, having meetings and all this, stuff, you know, cause I'm, guess what? One of the things that's coming out of this is two things. Number one, this now is going to be a partnering church with Word of Truth Family Church. Okay. So now our influence is being extended from here to there. But in addition to that, I'm still going to be pastor Chase pastor. Yeah. So I guess I could be an apostle, right? Don't call me that. But but this process now, we're planting, we're sowing, and we're sending. Everybody say, we're planting, we're, planting. we're, sowing, we're sowing, and we're sending. we're sending. And here's the highlight of the thing. He had to say yes. So here's where the conversation picks back up and we're closing right here. So when I called him back, I was like, so, hey, how's it going? He told me Sam was good and, and everything God had put it in our heart. And I was like, he's like, but I, I'm struggling. I said, I know why you're struggling. You ain't got to tell me. I said, I'm going to tell you why you're struggling. I said, you're struggling because you're comfortable. And I don't blame him. I mean, he's paid good. He's in a great place that he helped build, you know, type of thing. And, you know, his family's here and all that. And he's comfortable. And this is what I said to him. I said, Che, you can either stay here and be comfortable and eventually be frustrated. Or you can take a journey with God and use your faith to go where he's calling you. Because transitions are assigned by God, but accepted by us. And I just know without a doubt, this church is smaller than our church, okay? But there's, if there's anybody that can grow this church, it is Pastor Che. And check this out. This is one of the few examples that I personally know of that I've seen another pastor do. You know why? Because most people, first of all, don't submit to spiritual leadership to even let God use them to send them. Amen. That's number one. And then number two, we have pastors who are so insecure and so unstable and so controlling that they can't even let somebody go. But in this situation, I have several. First of all, my pastor was in full agreement with it because he he, he, his his thing was, first of all, if it's on your heart for God to do, that's number one. Number two, he said this young man, you know, he calls everybody young because he's (laughs) older than all of us. This young man. His heart earned this. Because, see, you got to keep your heart right with something like this. You got to keep your heart right to work with me. You do. You do. You have to keep your heart right. So here it was, and then another pastor said to me, he has never seen a transition like this happen from a church. See, I know I'm doing this right. Now, do I have all the answers? Here we go. We're going back to... Who assigns the transition? God does. Watch this. Who determines the timing? God does. He says, I'm going to do a new thing and I'm going to do it when. So I said, hey, Rowan, when you want Che to come? This fall. I said, oh, that's too fast, brother. That's too fast. I said, Che, hey, when you think you could do uh, next uh, 2022 in the summer? Oh, that's too far. That's too far. I said, hey, listen, guys. The best time for Pastor Che to start being the senior pastor of that church would be January, the beginning, January the 3rd, 2022. So that's when he will be starting to be the senior pastor. So he'll still be here. Y'all are seeing. Their family. And let me tell you how much they trust me. And I love them for this. They don't put their house up for sale. They just... What, what made y'all trust me like that? Because they put their house up for sale. They in like a rental house because, you know, they didn't want to wait till the last minute to try to sell their house and then move out there because the family is going to be staying until the summer of 2022 so that Sai can finish school, and that type of thing. And uh,
1: so uh, what made y'all trust like that? Uh, this was a, a God thing. Wow. You know, and it is seeing how God orchestrated everything and his timing, his flow. It's it's us like you said, you sowing a seed to life church, but life church sowing the seed of Pastor Rowan to the kingdom. It is how everything lined up and, and the Holy Spirit in, in talking to you. I mean, he spoke to me before, but man, let me tell you, this was not what I was thinking. Mm. But he had already birthed the seed in my heart. Right. I think that meeting, God birthed transition. Exactly. And he... But it just didn't look. It's like, like the scripture. Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not see it? I did not see it the way I thought it. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? The way I thought it was completely different. I thought he was doing a new thing, but I didn't perceive it the way he was doing. And even as you read that scripture this morning, that was such a blessing because it said that you shall burst forth streams in the desert. And that's where we're going.
0: That's where they're going, to the desert. So can you all give the Lord a hand clap for Pastor Che and and Sam? I'm just... I want you to celebrate them like it was your promotion. Come on now. So listen, this is why I did this this way. Because I've been knowing for months, and of course, I put my staff on a muzzle. I said, if you tell anybody, uh, you know, before I told them they could, then, you know, you're going to be in some trouble. But but here, here is what I know. First of all, some in December, we're going to set aside a time to celebrate them. But I did this in October, clergy month, to show you, please take this right. This is how real pastors should be operating right here. Right here. And if you are a boss or you're a supervisor, if you're someone in authority and you're holding on, I'm talking to somebody right now. If you're holding on to someone in your department because they are good to you, my question is, when are you going to be good to them and promote them to their next level? Amen? So... Be seated. I'm going to pray. We went over. I knew I would. It's okay. So we're going to take some time in December to celebrate Pastor Che. But Father, I thank you for this word and this transition being received by our church. And I pray that you will help our church see what you see. Even if we don't see it, you see it. And if we see what you see, we can do what you want us to do. And Father, as we have committed to planting this man of God as a seed into the kingdom, your word says that whatever we sow, if we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. But if we sow bountifully, we shall reap bountifully. And so, Lord, I thank you for a harvest of souls, a harvest of staff, a harvest of vision, a harvest of direction, a harvest, Father, of people coming to Word of Truth Family Church because of the seed that we have sown. And I declare over Pastor Che's life and his family that the best for them is yet to come. That God, you did a great work here, but you're going to do a greater work there. And I thank you for using us to support him in this whole endeavor because it is your will for his life and our church in Jesus' mighty name. With every head still bowed, maybe you're watching me today. Here's my question. If you died to